Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Points in the paint podcast presented by Stadium. Got my main yep. man Ben Winston. Got Evan Walter on the ones and twos producing the show, and we appreciate him so much. Last show, Ben, we had Lauren Gunn on the podcast. We were yeah, talking talk a lot about the Mavericks, everything Dallas Mavericks. But now we're going to Memphis. So what yeah. better way to do it to go all the way down to Memphis? And talk Memphis Grizzlies basketball than none other than our Locked On Grizz podcast co-host. My man's been a part of what SB Nation. He's a columnist for the Never. Grizzlies Bluff. You want the Grizzlies? He's the he's the guy to definitely talk the to. guy to talk to. <laughs> and that's our good man, good friend of the show, Joe Mullinax. So we want to welcome him on to talk everything Grizz. How you doing, sir? I've been doing this way too long. <laughs> Very long and, and drawn out explanation uh, of all the things I've done tells me, yeah, you know, over at Bluff City Media now and locked on Grizzlies co-host each and every day. And, yes, sir. You know, still, still doing this, even though uh, my wife would prefer me not to. Here I am still uh, talking <laughs> Grizzlies basketball after all these years. Happy to be here with you gentlemen again. And you guys, this is my first time you've upgraded. We try to do uh, something, you know. We're trying to do something. Important right now, talking to you two. I gotta be honest. Oh man, listen, you're a good friend of the show. You've been running with us for three years now, three seasons now. So we appreciate you, Joe. It's great. We feel good. Hopefully, we look. Hopefully, we do look good. That's for others to decide, I guess. Let's get right into it, right? Let's do it. So, first question we want to ask you: The Memphis Grizzlies on off the court issues on the court issue some would say come postseason but just overall joe how would you assess the grizzlies last season uh <laughs> that's a loaded question it right is. there's it a is. lot of things that went well there's a lot of things that did not go particularly well mm-hmm. john morant and his off the court antics being number one with a bullet in that particular category and the pun was intended there unfortunately yes uh I'm I'm concerned about him long term, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that here in a moment. But for every John Morant mess up or mishap, you've got Jaron Jackson Jr. having a chance to play in, in the FIBA World Cup. You've got Desmond Bain agreeing to a max contract extension. You've got Marcus Smart arriving in Memphis and filling the shoes of both Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones all in one foul swoop. So the offseason was a positive in the wake of a negative end to the 2022-2023 season. They were not the team that they were supposed to be. There are lots of reasons for that. Jaws' initial suspension, injuries to Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, 
You had Luke Kennard being one of the most significant players in a playoff series when he wasn't able to get off the bench for the Clippers four months prior. So lots of things didn't go the way that you wanted them to if you're a Grizzlies fan. And perhaps the most disappointing part of that is the reality that when they faced adversity, they weren't able to get back up, right? You get knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down. What do you do in that event? Game six in Los Angeles, they got knocked down and they stayed down. Mm. And that was concerning. And obviously the offseason pros and cons, pluses and minuses, just like the end of the season was for Memphis. But it was the first time where the Grizzlies in the John Morant, Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman era, they had an opportunity to move forward and move up, and they didn't. And Mm. that's concerning for the first time in this run with Jaw. So there's a name on that side pan- on that side panel next to us, Marcus Smart. Yep. And you talked about how they seemingly couldn't get past, you know, a little road bump and, and they couldn't kind of push to that final form that I think a lot of people expect from the Memphis Grizzlies based on when you look at their lineup. When you bring in Marcus Smart, is he that type of guy that you think is going to help them go over that hump? A little bit of a, of a veteran voice, a guy who obviously brings a lot of energy to teams, especially defensively. What, what's the thought process on him being able to Kind of push this team. Is he essentially replacing Dylan Brooks? <laughs> well, he's replacing Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones, right? It, it's it's the two birds with one stone. Sorry to all the PETA listeners of, of points in the paint. Uh, it's it's that mindset. It's a guy who can play the backup point. He's going to have to be the starting point guard, obviously, with uh, John Morant being suspended in the first twenty five games of the season. But once John returns, this was a trade that was made for April and May. This is not a trade that was with the regular season in mind. Almost every single number you can look up suggests that Marcus Smart is a 16-game player. And this was the first time that the Memphis Grizzlies in this era of Grizzlies basketball said, we're going to prioritize the postseason. We are going to go in for a veteran. We are going to bring in somebody who is going to help us reshape and recultivate what Memphis Grizzlies basketball culture is going to be because that's been shaken. Right, The John Morant situation has shaken that. So much of what you connect Memphis Grizzlies basketball to is the John Morant audacity, and that has bit them in the butt. And now you're in a place where you bring in somebody like Marcus Smart, a proven competitor. Nobody is saying that Marcus Smart is going to be the best player on the team. He doesn't need to be the best player on the team. He needs to be the steady hand. He needs to be the guy that when the going gets tough, that game six out in Los Angeles – I refuse to believe that if Marcus Smart was on the Memphis Grizzlies, that game goes down that way. He wouldn't have let it. That's just not how he's wired. And that's not to say that Dylan Brooks is wired that way or Tyus Jones is wired that way, but a shakeup was necessary, right? People get comfortable. Dylan Brooks has only known the Memphis Grizzlies. Tyus Jones re-signed with Memphis after a uh, contract, uh, initial free agency signing back in 2019. You're in a position with Smart Now you are saying we are in. We have given up two first-round picks to bring a veteran presence, a former defensive player of the year, a guy who can defend multiple positions, can run the backup point, has the length and the physicality to be able to play the two next to John Morant, which Tyus Jones is not able to do, right? Time and time again, we saw evidence of that. So you are trying to replace both of those guys with one guy. And that sounds like a lot, but if you follow Marcus Smart's career, if there was anybody in the NBA that has the mental makeup to try to fill both of those voids, 
it's somebody with the mental toughness of Marcus Smart. So I loved that move. And I think that that is the most significant piece of this. Other people will just look at raw numbers and say, how does this make Memphis better? It's similar to bringing in Steven Adams. It's similar to those types of transactions. So as we know, John Moran, he's spending the first 25 games of the regular season. Do you believe with the additions of a Derrick Rose, with the additions of a Marcus Smart, they'll be able to survive this 25-game suspension for John Moran, the Memphis Grizzlies? Well, if Derrick Rose is doing much beyond the suspension, something's gone horribly wrong, right? I I don't want to disrespect Derrick Rose and his lineage uh, throughout the NBA. Obviously, he was tremendous for the Chicago Bulls. Had some good run in New York at times, but he – if he's not if he's not washed, I don't know what washed means anymore. Um, I'll happy to, I'll happy to be wrong. As a Bulls fan, how do you my, feel? <laughs> as my co-host yeah. Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, uh, as he talks about, you know, Derrick Rose, historically speaking, over the last five years, he's done pretty well in limited spurts, right? So if all you need to do is count on him for the first twenty-five games, and then he can basically be a veteran on the bench who watches every game that might be good use of him. Maybe he's able to be that 12-minute-a-night guy just to keep the game close while Marcus Smart is getting rest on the bench. I think between Smart's arrival, I think between Desmond Bain obviously showing growth as that secondary or tertiary creator off the dribble, you still have Luke Kennard, who, in my opinion, that he's not utilized well enough in that way. He showed in Detroit that he has that capability. Maybe not every night, right? The Lakers kind of abused him on the perimeter uh, when he had the ball (laughs) in his hands. That's fair to point out. But they're not playing the Lakers every night. There's going to be games where they're playing lesser competition, and there's no reason that Kennard can't eat eight to ten minutes as a secondary or tertiary third choice of a creator off the dribble. I think that they have enough pieces to survive it. Obviously, survival can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. If the Grizzlies are hovering around 500, give or take a couple of games, and then Ja returns, I think Memphis is going to go on a pretty pretty strong run upon Morant's popping back into the lineup. They just need to be able to tread water until then, and they have the personnel to do that. Okay. So with all the moves and then the suspension and everything else, what are some realistic expectations for people to have for the Grizzlies next year? Expectations-wise, I think top five in the Western Conference. I think that's realistic. Okay. I do believe that you have to respect what the Lakers have done. I hate to say it, but they had – quite the off season, lots of smart moves and lots of intelligent things. Uh, Golden State, you would assume, will still be hanging around somewhere in that mix. Mm -hmm. I refuse to believe the Sacramento Kings are just going to completely drop off. The Phoenix Suns went completely in, right? So there's lots of different teams that you can bring up. Oh, and by the way, I haven't mentioned the defending NBA champions yet. So Memphis being a two seed, given all that's facing them, Brandon Clark will still be out to start the season due to his uh, his Achilles injury. Hopefully he'll be back in January, February, around that time period. Okay. They have Xavier Tillman to fill that void a bit, but he's not Brandon Clark. Again, no job the first 25 games. I, I would be surprised if Memphis falls to the play-in because I do believe they have three of the top 50 players in the NBA on their team. I think John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain are that good. If you look at all the measurables for Desmond Bain this past season, People ask why he got a max contract. That tells me you're not paying attention. Desmond Bain is a max contract player in the NBA. And so is Darren Jackson Jr. He just hasn't gotten that max extension yet. That's probably coming in the next year or so. So they have three of the top 50 in the National Basketball Association. And once Jaw is back, it's really hard to have three of the top 50 players in the NBA and be anything other than a top 10 team in the league. So 
I do think as long as they're able to survive the jaw outage, as long as jaw is not there, they're going to come in and be in that top 10 in the NBA mix. And then you roll the ball out. Like I said, the Marcus Smart acquisition was not about being the two seed for the third year in a row. It was about who you play in the playoffs, the kind of mentality, the kind of uh, competitor you want leading and helping lead your franchise. Maybe they take a step back in the regular season, Mm -hmm. but maybe they do push to the second or even the Western Conference Finals uh, because of the arrival of Marcus Smart, another year of maturity for their big three stars. Progress isn't always linear. We talked about that with the Grizzlies in terms of moving up, up, up every year. The same thing can be true here. Maybe they're a little worse in the regular season, but they have greater postseason success. Awesome. awesome. We got a lot more fun around the corner with Joe. All-time lineups, hot takes. Coming up next. All that stuff. Welcome back to the Points in the Paint podcast. You know who we're talking to. My main man, Joe Millinax. But don't forget, I got my main man, Ben Winstein, right here. And you can follow us wherever you get your podcast. Whether it's Spotify, Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts, Everywhere. wherever you get your clips, wherever. YouTube, YouTube wherever. wherever. But we're talking all-time lineups, right? We are. We are. I'm excited. Joe, what's up, man? All-time lineup. Who are you putting at the one position, sir? Well, this is this hurt me because I'm a Mike Conley guy. I'm an Ooh, old that's unfortunate. Guy, but I think it's fair <laughs> to say that John Morant has surpassed Mike Conley as the number one I would not disagree point guard. With that. In, uh, in, in, in Memphis yeah. Grizzlies history, Conley obviously was a steady, steady force for Memphis for several years, but nobody has done for this commute, for the Memphis community, for the franchise, the energy, the excitement. There, there's been lots of negativity around job this year, understandably so, but people forget this time last year, the Grizzlies were America's team, basically, and everybody wanted a piece Diving of in. the Memphis Grizzlies. And John Morant is the major piece of that. So hopefully we can get back to that because that's a lot more fun than what 2023 is about. Absolutely. Uh, we need a shooting guard. Number two, number two player, all-time shooting guard for this the Grizzlies. This a little bit easier. I, I I flirted with Mike Miller a little bit. but and, That's not uh, bad. Tony I like Allen that. Shooting guard literally in name only, but I'm going Desmond Bain, right? I mm. mentioned Desmond Bain earlier in the show. Uh, this is a guy who has earned his max contract extension. He's one of nine players in the NBA who had the level of efficiency combined with a net rating combined with the ability to rebound, create offense for others. He is among, you know, Nikola Jokic, Kyrie Irving, you know, some of the biggest names in basketball. And then there's Desmond Bain. If you don't watch the Memphis Grizzlies, <laughs> you think the, the list must be random of who the hell is Desmond Bain. Uh, he, he, he's probably going to be on Team USA with LeBron and with all these guys would be my guess uh, in 2024 because he fits exactly what any good basketball team needs to do on the perimeter. Ooh, so at the three, who's going to be on that wing now? We need somebody to handle the ball on the wing. Yeah, I don't know about the handle the ball part. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I I went big, and you I did. you know this guy would be happy with this. I think the way that he played in FIBA, uh, my, my starting three, and I use that term loosely, is Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm, big Before dog. For your listeners and viewers, I know Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a three. Uh, <laughs> the Grizzlies' history with wings is not. Amazing, right? Rudy Gay, Mike Miller. Uh, I'm obviously not going to put Chandler Parsons up there. Man, he there, fleeced there's lots of the pieces that don't fit. I think that in order to be fair to what the Memphis Grizzlies are, I'm trying to put a piece out there who has limited wing skill. He obviously would be a bit of a liability on defense, maybe not so much as the guy that comes next. But 
if I'm trying to put together a lineup, could, could Jaron for a limited stretch start at the three and what I'm trying to do here? Probably so. So no, he is not a traditional three, but it, I was told it's my Grizzlies list. So that's what I did. All right. I am not I mad at it. that. This is yours. It's all personal. <laughs> You're number four. Right. And I think personally, one of my favorite Grizzlies. Great first name. Yeah, Zach Randolph. (laughs) He's not the best Grizzlies player of all time in terms of physical ability, uh, but he is the greatest Grizzly in terms of just really personifying Memphis, that grit and grind era. He was that guy. The 2011 playoff run where he almost single-handedly defeats the San Antonio Spurs. I think it was Antonio McDice. He basically retired in that series. Um, Just the way that he carried that team and helped launch them into what they are now. You know, aside from a couple of years of a rebuild, the Grizzlies have been consistently in the top 10 or so of the NBA since 2011. And that is really impressive staying power that's translated across ownership groups, translated across across, uh, general managers and coaches. And a major reason for that is a culture that you develop. And obviously it looks pretty different to uh, the throw it to the hand plays on the block, but that doesn't change the fact that Zach helped establish what it means to be a Memphis Grizzly, and that still carries weight even today. And if you gotta have Zebo at the four, it's only right for this next person to be at the five, right? It's Marcus Saul. And again, mm-hmm. if I had to choose between Mike Conley and Marcus Saul, I'm going Marcus Saul. He's my Every favorite time. Grizzly ever. Uh, another Defensive Player of the Year, the one before Jaron, obviously several years back. It hurts my heart to see these guys in Kings and Lakers jerseys, but I understand that was their last <laughs> team. So I get it. Um, you know, Marcus Gasol is a guy who, and, and you could have made an argument for Powell, right? Powell is an underrated Grizzly, obviously traded to Los Angeles and he had a great career as a Laker, but you have Mark who was part of that trade, ironically, and mm-hmm. he really was a, the best until recently, the best basketball player for the Grizzlies, right? The way that he defended the way that he was able to create offense in the high post, similar to Joe Kim Noah uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they both were kind of in their primes at the same time, so maybe that's why Mark didn't get quite as much shine as others did. But he developed a three-point shot later in his career. He did. He really just was another guy. His work with St. Jude uh, Children's Research Hospital there in Memphis, Tennessee. The last two in particular, not the Jaw, Dez, and Jaron don't, uh, but Zach and Mark really got Memphis and how to make that place better, not just the organization, not just the franchise, but the entire community. Uh, Zach and Mark, you know, brothers from another mother, as they like to call themselves. <laughs> nice. I love uh, those it. two guys really personified what was great about being a Grizzlies fan during that grit and grind era. All right. We'll ask you what we ask all our guests for these previews. One of our favorite questions. Definitely. Because we love naming random guys. Yeah. Name a random guy from the Memphis Grizzlies. I agree right here. Random guy. Hamed Haddadi, the legend. Hamed Haddadi <laughs> for the Memphis Grizzlies. I love it. Uh, Where's he from? Started- Iran? Iran, uh, uh, yeah, he's, and he's still playing for Iran. He was in the FIBA World Cup. Um, Seven foot two. Uh, yep, big guy. And Crazy. one of the fascinating things that I'll always remember about Hamed Adadi, he and Gilbert Arenas both started the fourth quarter of a game seven against the Los Angeles Clippers in Memphis back in 2011, and I'll never or 2012, excuse me. And I will never forgive, never forgive. Uh, the, the Grizzlies coaching staff and everybody that allowed for that to happen because Ned Dotty should not have been on the floor. <laughs> Age of but zero. He was, Again. and the Grizzlies predictably lost that game. Age of zero and Dotty running a pick and roll. That's <laughs> what everyone pays yeah. to see. Yeah, Dotty and Agent Zero out there dominating the floor. 
Oh take? yeah, you know it's hot take time. Greatest hot, hot take we got right here. Let's see what we got. Hot take. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the Memphis Grizzlies, December 19th is when John Morant returns, right? Around that time. Uh-huh. Um, I think from that point forward, the Memphis Grizzlies will be the best team in, in the NBA. Woo! I do think they'll struggle a little bit. I do think they'll be a little bit below 500 for the reasons we talked about earlier in the show. Maybe they're like 11 and 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think from that day forward, assuming health, right? You say right. that for everyone. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies will be the best team in the National Basketball Association. That'll probably land them around the third or fourth seed in the Western Conference. And we'll be uh, talking about the Grizzlies making a uh, at least a second round run. Again, the West is loaded. A lot of teams that are built yes. for the playoffs. But I think folks are underestimating just how significant Marcus Smart is going to be to this team. Uh, he's the adult in the room now, right? There's no question Thanks. who that guy is going to be. And I don't think he's going to let them do some of the things that were being done in the past. You want to argue ownership should have stopped it or the GM or the coach, Stephen Adams, the one veteran leader they really had. Uh, if you want to have that conversation, I suppose you can, but it's undisputed now. It's Marcus Smart that's going to be that guy for this group. And I think that that's going to lighten the load for Jaron, John, Dez, and they're going to be able to, to be the three best players on the team like they need them to be. I love Me it. too. Joe, appreciate you coming oh, yeah. on. Where can people find your work on the internet? Absolutely. Uh, at Joe Mullinax on Twitter. If you want to follow me there, that'd be great. I am a co-host of Locked on Grizzlies each and every day, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Check us out over there at Locked on Grizzlies. Uh, I am a Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media going into my second season doing that job. So check us out over at Bluff City Media. Gotcha. All local media, those sorts of things. You know, our, our Grizzly Bear Blues blog, which is what I ran for a long time there in Memphis SB Nation. Uh, did away with some of their team blogs. So that staff, that that name brand, all that kind of stuff, it just kind of transitioned to Bluff City Media. And I'm a proud member of that, as well as Locked On Grizzlies. Uh, find everything there. And, you know, I'm looking forward to another great season covering Grizzlies basketball. Nice, nice. There you have it. Joe, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Talk to you next year. Maybe soon. Oh, yeah. Through midseason. Absolutely. All right. We got, right, we got a little bit more right. coming up next. Points in the paint. Points in the paint. We want to thank Joe yes, Mullinax coming on, talking Memphis Grizzlies. Again, if you missed the show or you miss an airing, we're a podcast. <laughs> you can find us <laughs> yes, on the podcast can. feed, wherever you get the yep. podcast. Uh, you can find us on our socials, which are right here as well. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, Zach, we have a bunch of previews. People oh, yeah. Indiana Pacers, well. Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons. Just the oh, name of Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. You're right. We talked to e- well, Elias Schuster in the yeah. beginning. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. But until then, it's going to do it for this edition of Points in the Paint, the TV show slash podcast, and you will hear from us next week.